Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis here for the next hour, taking you until 8 p.m. Eastern as we get you set for week six in the NFL and the fantasy football season with the Giants and Eagles kicking off tonight. Got a busy show. We'll go over all the latest news in the injury report across the NFL. We'll bring in Steve Renner from Scout DFS to go over the slate here for week six. And of course, you could check out all my work. ScoutFantasySports.com have the week six sit article up. And remember, just because someone is on the sit does not mean you have to sit It's all based on context and some of you play in very deep leagues. But these are players that might have difficult matchups or are not in the ideal scenario, and you might want to think twice and get them out of your lineup. So you can check that out. Of course, podcast from Dr. Roto is up. We have our fantasy football wide receiver matchups report. This is a really good tool that I suggest you guys all check out. It tells you how teams fare against wide receiver ones, wide receiver twos, tight ends. So it's really good to look at, and especially now that we have five weeks of data so make sure you check that out. Of course, if you have any questions on the message boards or forums, ask them. They are already getting some fantasy basketball questions. NBA kicks off on Tuesday. Of course, we'll have you covered. Scout DFS. That's also where you can find NFL DFS, NBA DFS, NHL DFS, and, of course, our optimizer to help you out. Basically, what you want to do there is pick a few players, your stacks, your favorite plays, put them in the optimizer and see what it gives you sometimes. You'll be a little bit surprised. Maybe it was someone that you were not looking at. For example, last week, the optimizer had Tyler Lockett at 4,700. I did use him in a single-entry lineup, and it worked out well. So a lot of people were not on Tyler Lockett last week, and he was a nice value coming through with a touchdown. It also had Saquon Barkley at 7,700 on DraftKings last week, and he came through with a big game. So it can really point you in the right direction. So if you're struggling, make sure you check it out, Scout DFS. And also, for you guys that want to win money betting, VegasWhispers.com is the place to be. It's all documented, but they're one loss record on the primetime slates for Monday Night Football and Thursday Night Football. So far this year, 9-1-1, one, and, one, and the pick is up for tonight's game. So if you go there now, VegasWhispers.com, and if you enter the promo code HOT50, you get 50% off the $49 weekly pass. And hopefully you will win your money back tonight with that, and then you want to come and join us for the rest of the season. So make sure you check it out and get the pick for tonight's game. VegasWhispers.com. Again, promo code HOT50 to get 50% off the $49 weekly pass. And again, Scout DFS as well. Make sure you join us. We'll have you covered. I can't wait for NBA DFS. It's my favorite DFS sport, and it all kicks off Tuesday with a two-game slate. So NBA starting earlier beginning last year. Usually it's late October. Now we're in mid-October. Let's take a look at the latest news and what's going on right now. Dalvin Cook was upgraded to full 
in today's practice. So now it looks like Cook is going to play against the Cardinals, who have really struggled against the run this year. So there's always a little bit of risk of a player coming off a hamstring injury, as we have seen with Leonard Fournette. But we know the land back, the running back landscape right now, it's not ideal. When you start looking at that 15 to 25 range, we're starting to get into a lot of committees and timeshares in the backfield. So I think in a lot of instances, if you have Dalvin Cook, you're probably going to get him out there. This is definitely a good sign that he was able to go full in practice today. One other thing that I want to just mention about tonight's game, because I started to get a lot of questions on the message boards and forums, is the weather for tonight's game. And people are panicking. And this happens too much in fantasy. The weather is not going to be that bad tonight. It's going to be rain. But the one issue that you have to look at in fantasy is wind. And it's not going to be very windy. I am close by the stadium in MetLife. It's not going to be that bad. So please, I'm getting people asking me to take Beckham out of the lineup and Barkley and replacing Ertz. Please do not make that mistake. People tend to overrate the weather. Looking at the forecast now, it looks like about 60% chance of rain in the 8 hour, 8 p.m. hour, 30% at 10 p.m. And then after the game, it looks like it's going to be 70%. So it's not as bad. The temperature is fine. So please do not take your stars out of the game tonight because of the weather. People panic all the time when it comes to weather. Make sure you don't do it. By the way, Evan Ingram is inactive for tonight's game. We knew that happened yesterday, but just in case you were just catching up, uh, Evan Ingram not active tonight for the Giants. Eric Ebron. Did not practice today. This is something to watch. He was on the injury report with a shin injury, quad, ankle, and knee. So it's pretty safe to say Eric Ebron is not feeling well right now. If you remember that last game against the Patriots, he did check out a couple times and definitely looked like he was limping. So it would make sense for the Colts to manage his reps. They're banged up right now. Jack Doyle is still not practicing. It looks like T.Y. Hilton's going to be out. So Eric Ebron's in a spot again where he should get a lot of volume. But obviously, missing two days of practice in a row is a little bit of a problem. So we'll see if Ebron can make it to practice tomorrow. That's going to be the key. Does he show up in practice on Friday and at least be limited? Uh, because uh, you, you want to have him in your lineup. Tight end obviously has been a disaster this year. And it's not looking good on the injury report either. George Kittle is banged up with a knee injury. He was officially limited in practice today. Remember, the 49ers play Monday night against the Packers. So hopefully before then we'll have an idea of whether Kittle is going to go or not. Kittle obviously is pretty much a must-start tight end right now. And you know Kittle was someone that we talked about before the year that you can get as the 9th, 10th tight end off the board. And obviously has taken a little bit of a hit with no Jimmy Garoppolo. But we have seen C.J. Beathard look to Kittle, and they are just lacking weapons right now. They've been banged up at wide receiver. Kittle has at least seven targets in three straight games, and he's one of the more reliable tight ends. The biggest question for him, obviously, is can he stay healthy? It's been a big problem for him throughout his career. He had injuries last year, and he's coming off a game where the offense was on the field a lot against Arizona. He played 87 snaps, so that's a lot for what he was used to, so got a little bit banged up. But it sounds like it's nothing too serious at this point. But we're just going to have to see what the injury report gives us over the next couple days. The Patriots, Chris Hogan was downgraded to not practicing today. 
and basically he's been non-existent for your fantasy team this year anyway. So there's no way you're starting Chris Hogan right now. He was probably dropped off a lot of rosters. Maybe some people are waiting around to see what he can do this week in a high-scoring affair against the Chiefs. But this would be beneficial for Josh Gordon. Uh, we saw Gordon in his last game come through with that touchdown as uh, Brady threw it up in the end zone. Gordon went above two defenders and got it. I still don't feel completely confident putting Josh Gordon in my lineup yet. I do have him in one redraft league. I have not put him in there yet. He still only played 18 snaps against the Colts. He did have four targets, two receptions, 50 yards, and a touchdown. But I want to see him play more snaps. And maybe that's a possibility this week, especially if Hogan is out. Gordon was limited in practice as well. He has not put in a full practice yet. But if Hogan is out, that definitely would make Josh Gordon more appealing this week. Sony Michelle was limited in practice as well, dealing with that knee injury. Again, with the Patriots, you just don't know when it comes to the injury report. Michelle has been really good and, to me, pretty much a must-start going forward. Yes, he's not doing much in the passing game, but you know he's going to get heavy volume in an offense that is ascending right now. Patriots starting to put it together, and they have a juicy matchup on Sunday night in prime time against the Kansas City Chiefs. Some news here on the Packers wide receivers. Geronimo Allison was back at practice today. He's fine with the concussion right now, still dealing with a little bit of a hamstring issue, but he was back in practice today, as was Randall Cobb. So he was back. He's been out a couple weeks with the hamstring injury. Neither guy played last week, so this would be bad news for Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I'm interested to see if the Packers still use him with these guys back, but probably not. You, you would think that it would be Adams, Cobb, and Allison as the three main wide receivers. So those who went out and picked up Valdez-Scantling this week, needing him in the lineup, probably not going to happen this week. But we'll have to wait and see if Allison and Cobb actually do play and are good to go for this weekend. But that definitely would hurt Valdez-Scantling, who came through last week. He was a really good DFS play. Uh, I was hesitant to pick him up. Because the time that waivers ran, wasn't sure what the deal was with Allison. And uh, for those that used him, he really came through in a big way. And uh, certainly was a nice play in DFS. He was only 3300 on DK last week, and he certainly came through. Isaiah Crowell did not practice today. So I think a lot of people felt, oh, okay, he's coming off a big workload. Wednesday, veteran, rest him. But this is two days in a row now as he's dealing with an ankle injury. So... This is definitely something to keep an eye on. I know Crowell has been very frustrating this year because he's been either really good or really garbage, and he was probably on the bench last week for many people after four carries, no yards in week four against Jacksonville, all of a sudden 15 for 219 in a touchdown. I have him in one redraft league. He was on my bench. I was planning to use him this week if he is active. Obviously, if he's out, that definitely raises the appeal of Bilal Powell, who – isn't playing anyway because they basically kind of split it down the line with these two. Correll played 25 snaps last week. Powell actually played 34, and Powell actually had more carries. He was 20 for 99. Did not catch a pass, and that's unusual from Powell. But again, the Jets were playing from ahead against Denver, so they didn't really need to pass to their running backs. But Powell is the guy that can give you some receptions in the pass game, although only 10 on the season uh, because they had that, that game against Cleveland where he didn't have any. Uh, and against Detroit, he only had one. But Powell certainly would be a big boost if Crowell is out this week. So that's something to keep an eye on. Again, Friday practice is key. And this is why, unless you don't have players in the Thursday, unless you have players in the Thursday night game, you got to relax on setting your lineups. You know, some of the questions that we get 
if you want the most accurate information, you have to wait. You know, especially with Friday is the most important practice. So some of these decisions you can't make till Saturday or even Sunday morning when the inactives come out because you just want to make the most informed decision with the most information at your disposal. Devontae Freeman, sideline today at practice with a foot injury. It is not looking good for Freeman. I don't expect him to play this week. They're saying that this foot is not a long-term issue. But if you remember, the bust of the year for Scout Fantasy Sports was Devontae Freeman. And so far, we have been correct on that. Freeman, only 10 carries last week. So it's an appetizing matchup this week as the Falcons are going up against the Buccaneers. These are two of the worst defenses in the NFL. We expect the shootout here. So this is a big upgrade to Tevin Coleman. Coleman should get the majority of the touches. Ito Smith will be in play as well. But as we've seen, you know he's more of a desperation RB2 flex play in deeper formats. Uh, we did see Ito Smith get a touchdown last week, but he only played 12 snaps. Week four, he did play 30 snaps, have seven carries for 35 yards and a touchdown, and three receptions for 13 yards. But Coleman will get the majority of the workload. I'd expect Ito Smith to get about... 25 to 30%. So uh, maybe in some situations where you're really hurt at running back, you have bye week issues or injuries, maybe Edo Smith becomes a possible play for you this week uh, once Freeman is officially ruled out. And again, it does not look good. Matt Breda is dealing with an ankle injury, and we all assumed that he would be out this week, but apparently uh, there is a shot that he plays. He did not practice today, though, so that's not a good sign. But the 49ers are not ruling him out yet. The problem is this game is Monday night, so it's going to be very difficult to wait around. But again, we, we get good information. As I mentioned before, a lot of the national reporters, usually late Saturday night, they'll start tweeting things out after midnight based on what their sources are playing. And most of the time, they're pretty accurate. So hopefully by Sunday morning, before you have to make your lineup decision, we'll have more information on Matt Breda. I would think he sits. They're saying it's not a high ankle sprain, so that's good. They're saying he wasn't limping today, but he did not practice. My guess is you probably see him sit this week. O.J. Howard was limited at practice today. This is big news here because I think a lot of people are on Cameron break this week, and you could understand why. It's a great matchup here against the Falcons, who have been just gutted by injuries on the defensive side. And Brait has that rapport with Jameis Winston. We saw it when Winston came in relief in week four of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Brait scored a touchdown, the only one that Winston threw in that game. Brait has scored two straight weeks, and Winston has an affinity for throwing to Brait in the red zone. So if O.J. Howard is out, that is going to make Brait appealing. And I think a lot of people are going to look to Brait in DFS this week. You have to keep in mind, it's a... A slate with not elite tight ends this week. We have Zach Ertz going tonight, so he's out of the Sunday main slate. Travis Kelsey and Rob Gronkowski play Sunday night, so they're out. And those are the most three reliable tight ends. So people are going to be looking for savings at tight end this week since most of them will be cheap. And I think Cameron Brait will be someone looks at that, that people look at a lot. But Howard, if he plays, that's going to hurt Brait because Howard will play some snaps and take away from the routes that Brait runs. So... I'm a little surprised. He's got a sprained MCL. It looks like he might play, and he's in a good spot this week as well, but they're going to kind of hurt each other a little bit uh, in that projected shootout. Cooper Cup and Brandon Cooks did practice today. They're both dealing with concussions. Uh, they're going to be limited, uh, uh, listed as limited in practice, 
but it looks like they should be good to go. So that is big news for those that are relying on those Rams receivers. We'll see what happens on Friday, but they are trending in the right direction. Lamar Miller was upgraded to full in practice today. It looks like he's going to go, but I'm not excited about him. Now, he does have a pretty good matchup here. He has done nothing this year. You'll see Alfred Blue mixed in a little bit, so it's just not an ideal situation, and that Texans offensive line has had a real difficult time run blocking this year. Greg Olson, it looks like he's going to return. He was upgraded to full practice today. I would not start Greg Olson this week. I understand the tight end position is a disaster, but I'd be worried about Olsen lasting this whole season. He has already said that he needs surgery on the foot after this season. We saw last year when he came back, he wasn't great. I just think there's a high risk here of re-injury. And if you have better options, go with them. I understand maybe some people have been just uh, streaming tight ends and you know you got a bunch of scrubs. But if you can, I would look not to play Greg Olsen this week. Last year when he came back off an injury, he, he played 33% of the snaps, so he could be limited. And there's no question, you know, whether, you know, there is a question if he'll make it through the game. Adrian Peterson did practice today. He's got a couple of injuries, but Jamison Crowder and Paul Richardson did not practice for the Redskins. They are both banged up. So the Redskins might have no one to throw to this week, and Alex Smith is coming off a horrific performance against the Saints. When we return, we'll take a look at the slate. In DFS, Steve Renner, Scout DFS, he joins me next. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. We're not supposed to trust anyone in our profession anyway. You're listening to Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis here until 8 p.m. Eastern as we get you set for week six. You can find all my work, ScoutFantasySports.com, and head over to VegasWhispers.com right now if you want to win money betting. Vegas Whispers is the place to be. The primetime games this year, Thursday Night Football, Monday Night Football, Vegas Whispers, a record of 9-1-1. One, one. The pick is in for tonight's game, so take advantage. Use the promo code HOT50, and you can get 50% off a $49 weekly pass. So again, VegasWhispers.com. Use the promo code HOT50. It gets you 50% off the $49 weekly pass. Make some money this week, and then come back with that money and join us with a full membership. If you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports but are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches and avoid experts winning 90% of the money Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can receive a 50% deposit bonus. No more dealing with late lineup scratches. No experts to compete against. Just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag, enter promo code FNTSY upon sign up, and choose your matchups using the Props Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. Joining me now from Scout DFS, it is Steve Renner. Steve, what's up? Hey, Adam. How you doing? 
Doing well. Probably not as good as you. Uh, definitely was a, a great Monday night for you with Drew Brees and the Saints kicking the crap out of the Redskins. Yeah, that was pretty good. It was uh, nice to see Ingram get involved. And uh, as a fan, it was good to see Traquan Smith uh, get involved, too. Obviously, Brees, you know, I don't need to go too deep into that. It, it's been hashed enough. And uh, is he where does he stand all time? I don't think that's. Those type of debates kind of drive me nuts a little bit. But from a fantasy perspective, I'd say one thing to take away from that game is DFS, there's a correlation between Mark Ingram and the deep passing game. And uh, we saw it on on, uh, Monday night with Ingram getting involved in the game. It kind of opened things up for Traquan. So that was was good to see from a fantasy perspective. Do you think Traquan Smith is someone we can rely on going forward? I drafted him in Vegas probably too early. I was aggressive. I took him in round 11. And obviously, I haven't been able to play him yet. I debated playing him this past week. I actually wound up going Alfred Blue over him. It worked out. I mean, Smith outscored him, but Blue still at 19.9 because uh, I also have Cameron Meredith on their team. But can we rely on Traquan going forward? He only had three targets in the game. He's, you know, he's a best ball guy. And what I mean by that is you're going to – what you got on Monday is – kind of his boom, and then you're going to get a lot of games where, you know, he might get three catches for for 30 yards. Um, I mean, he was fortunate. I mean, the, the record-breaking touchdown was about as wide open as you get. Uh, the other one was was really good. So he's going to be tough. I, I would say you want to use him um, in particular on the weeks where it looks like they're going to be facing, uh, you know, an opponent where the, the run game is going to be heavy, kind of leaning towards Ingram, because he's that play-action guy. Um, it, it's going to be a situation where, I mean, you saw in the game on the uh, record-breaking touchdown, the entire Redskins team just kind of collapsed on, on the Saints' backs, and that opened up the back end of the field. So it's tough to decide which week it is. You're going to do week by week. But, um, you know, he's more of, like I said, a, a guy that I targeted in best ball drafts um, where you really don't have to worry about starting him on certain weeks. But, um, you know, it, he's going to be playable going forward, and, and there's no reason to think that, that they're going to force Ted Ginn back in there just because Ted Ginn had the spot before. I think, you know, you're only going to see Traquan take more playing time away from Ted as the season goes on. So um, I tell you what, when, when they play Carolina late in the season, unfortunately it's really late in the season, but when they play them late, I would I would definitely play uh, Traquan then. The other thing to come out of that game is a lot of people were panicking who are Alvin Kamara owners. I think they're overreacting. I mean, we saw last year – both those guys were RB1s. What's your take on Alvin Kamara the rest of the way? Don't be stupid. He's fine. <laughs> he's, he's fine. Look, it was they, they hardly used him because they didn't have to, and it was a perfect spot to give him a break. I mean, you had, you had two things. You had Ingram coming back, who was completely fresh, so he was definitely going to get integrated to the offense, number one. Uh, and we saw it on the first drive where they marched down the field and he ended up scoring. And number two, you know, you had Breeze going for the record, so he was going to be airing it out. And it was one of these deals where they just didn't need to use him that much in that spot. And he had been used more than they wanted in the first four games. So, yeah, you know, don't, don't panic. And if, if anybody is trying to panic with him, just go back and look at last year. Um, he performed, you know, top three overall, you know, top two, I think, at running back as, as it ended the season. And, and that was with Ingram uh, in the offense. So, He's fine. If you don't have him and somebody's looking to panic sell him, I would definitely go buy him uh, because, look, you, you get into the playoffs and there's not many other guys at running back that you're going to want to have on, on your team. So he's fine. And people forget that 
He also didn't have more than 12 carries in a game last season and still put up yeah. those numbers. So uh, I agree. Unfortunately, though, the, the, three, the three teams I have Kamar on, I'm playing the best team this week when he's on bye. Like, what, what are the, oh, what the luck of well, the schedule, man? Yeah, you just take the loss there, I guess, you know? <laughs> well, hopefully not. Nah, man. I just hope someone else steps up. But let's get into DFS. Let's get into DFS now. Uh, let's look at the quarterbacks this week. Uh, Highest-priced guy on DK is Matt Ryan at 6,800. He is home. We know he plays better at home. And he's going against a porous Tampa Bay defense. But as we've discussed, you know, you tend to like to save some money on the quarterback. Is this a week where Ryan's in play or is it just still too pricey? I feel he's a little too pricey, personally. Um, so, so let's look at the game in general, right? We, we see two defenses that are, are getting shredded, number one. You've got a, a good environment on, on that turf. Uh, we've seen every game that's been played so far in Atlanta this year has, has definitely pushed the over, if not going over, in, in, in all three of them. And so you've got two quarterbacks that are $1,000 different. Now, I know people are going to look at Matt Ryan and say, okay, I trust him maybe a little bit more than Jameis Winston. But if we just kind of assess the weapons around them, Ryan at least does have Tevin Coleman in the running game. And he's got Edo Smith, uh, you know, potentially as well, who we know they're going to uh, give the ball to some with Freeman likely out. Winston doesn't have much of a run game that I think he can trust. And when we talk about the receiver weapons, Winston has as many targets as Ryan. And you documented before about Cameron Bray being a great option at tight end. So I think a lot of people are going to go with specifically in this game just because you're going to get that $1,000 difference. And, and he certainly makes a lot more sense there. You know, I don't know how much, you know, run, rushing upside you're really going to see with Winston either. But in that game, I like Winston. And, and because of that, you know, Matt Ryan, to me, is someone you're going to see a little bit lesser owned. But in his same price range, I'm actually pivoting, believe it or not, to Kirk Cousins, uh, $1,000 cheaper, or excuse me, $100 cheaper. It's, you know, something where I don't trust the Vikings run game um, between, you know, Lat Murray and, and if Cook, if he plays. And I actually think Cousins is your 2% um, kind of guy who's going to fly under the radar. I was on uh, Rodgers last week as kind of my sneaky quarterback, and he certainly was the, was the top quarterback overall in scoring. He won the Millie Makers. And I think Cousins is that guy this week. You know, the Cardinals really have only one cornerback that we can trust, and they're not going to be able to cover those receivers, and I think it's, it's a stat-padding game. But um, that's kind of, you know, my long answer on Matt Ryan is I feel like if you want to use that game, you go to Winston. If you're spending up at, at quarterback this week, I think Cousins is someone who's going to fly completely under the radar. I think Winston's going to be very popular this week. Do you worry about that at quarterback? I mean, you got to think, 5,800, high-scoring game, the defense he's facing, I think Winston's going to be very popular this week. I do too, and I don't worry about it too much. Uh, and at quarterback, because, you know, time and time we've seen, even though we think the quarterback is going to be very popular, and this week it seems a little bit more so than the normal, people are only picking one. So it's not like at running back or receiver where, um, you know, they're rostering multiple. So eventually the, the chalk play finds its way into everybody's lineup. He may come in 30%, you know, and whereas you think he, he's going to be 50%, now cash games, he'll, he'll probably be much higher. Uh, but I don't worry about it too much. Look, if you like Tampa, I do. I like uh, the, the Winston Evans kind of break stack. 
um, you can certainly ride with it. But just know that if you're getting off of Winston, um, I think you know Ryan may end up coming in as as the second highest owned this week on on both sites. And then after that, it's really going to be probably a, a big drop off because after that, it really goes to the bottom, and then it's going to spread out um, kind of horizontally a lot. So you're if you're off of him, you've, you've got a huge leverage upside if he does flop. But I don't see any reason why Atlanta's going to be able to, you know, hold Tampa under 20 points this week. So Winston should be an okay play for for his price at sub six k. Talking to Steve Renner from Scout DFS, you mentioned Kirk Cousins, and I do think he'll be low on because of the price. Are you stacking him with Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs? And I think Diggs might be a little lower on this week because people are going to think Patrick Peterson will be on him. Yeah, and, you know, we've seen in the past with Arizona where when they're facing a pretty good offense, they'll, they'll move Peterson towards kind of the hot hand. So I think you can get away with going Diggs or Thielen or both. Uh, the guy I love in that game, though, is uh, with Cousins is Kyle Rudolph. So, for me, it's Cousins and Rudolph. And I know we'll get the tight ends there, but, but you know, part of the reason with, with Rudolph is you really don't have much risk of, of fading anybody else at tight end this week. So, Rudolph, to me, is, is kind of, you know, he's my number one tight end and the guy that I would start with pairing with Cousins. And you really can't go wrong with Diggs or Thielen. Thielen seems to be kind of the, the steady guy, Diggs the, you know, over-the-top uh, but I agree, Diggs will be a little bit lesser owned. I wouldn't hate going all four of them. Um, the only issue there is I, I think Arizona will be able to score a little bit on Minnesota. I just don't know how much to, to push we're going with a full stack. But Cousins will probably be 2% owned or less this week, I, be, partially because I think people are going to look at the Minnesota running game against Arizona and try to get one of those two guys. Especially if Dalvin Cook returns, and it looks like he yep. is on pace to after putting in a full practice today. Uh, any of the cheap quarterbacks you like this week if you're looking to save some money? A little bit of uh, desire to look at Josh Allen. and Oh, boy. I don't – yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're going very cheap here, and I said a little bit, but um, the Houston-Buffalo game to me is one that's flying under the radar a little bit. Um, and, you know, I don't know how much I want to trust Watson uh, on the Houston side. He's certainly – expensive but if we're talking to a cheap guy did you see how much he guys, got hit in that game i know i know what so, were they so doing the well not only what were they doing what was he doing yeah. on a couple of those runs he's taken off needing like 10 yards and i'm like buddy you're you're not gonna make it you know what are you doing and he's going in like full head of steam leading his shoulders and just somehow they got to talk to him and say look just sit back in the pocket air it out don't run anymore which takes away a little bit of his upside uh, he's, and he's certainly he's got three great weapons right now at, at receiver. Who are and all they can't run the ball healthy. either. No, they can't. So, well, that's that's part of what I'm going here. I don't I don't see Buffalo running the ball. I don't see Houston running the ball, which kind of plays into air it out on both sides. And you know, Josh Allen at, at 4700 uh, against a Houston secondary that is pretty slow and, and quite honestly not that good is is someone who is a little bit tempting to me. Um, you could look at Rosen to, to kind of argue, hey, if I think Arizona's going to score, but uh, I would be much more comfortable using Allen, uh, who's actually looked better than Rosen so far in limited sample size in a couple games, but uh, at, against Houston that I would, you know, Rosen up, up against the Vikings. But, you know, other than that, you know, a couple guys that don't, they, they kind of jump out at me, but I don't love it a lot. Um, Derek Carr, you know, Oakland, 
in, in these games in London, we, we tend to see sometimes they tend to be one-sided. And I know Seattle flew out, I think, yesterday, and Oakland isn't flying out until tomorrow. Um, I don't know how much I would read into that, but Carr and Cooper kind of stand out as having a decent matchup against Seattle, which, you know, it's not the same defense going on the road. Uh, he's someone to look at. But it's really a, a weak slate, I think, overall in terms of offense, but uh, particularly at, at quarterback, because if we get off of that that game in the in – the, um, I don't call it the Georgia Dome any, anymore, but in the game in Atlanta in the Mercedes Superdome, there's not a lot of guys that stand out as obvious plays. Um, so, you know, if you're building a second or third lineup this week, don't be afraid to get get a little weird, as we say. What about Andrew Luck? We know he's put the ball in the air a ton. He 59 attempts against New England, 62 against Houston. Jets have given up some passing numbers. Even Case Keenum, I know it was a lot of garbage time, over 300. What about Luck? He's 6,200 on DK. Would you look at him this week? I don't love it a lot, and I, I didn't. I haven't seen today if, if what the status is on T.Y. Hilton. I know it doesn't look good for him. Okay, yeah. So that that even downgrades it even more because I would, yeah, against the Jets, I'd, I'd really want to attack the the deep vertical game, which we know Luck isn't throwing it deep consistently this year. He's starting to loosen up a little bit. Uh, I just think that this is an easy game for the Jets to, to kind of try to keep the ball in front of them. It's going to be one of these games that kind of has a, a slow pace to it. So not for me this week with Buck. Um, there's been other spots this year where I've, I've started to like him a little bit, but I just don't I don't have any love for him this week, and I don't see the, the huge upside. Todd Gurley, $10,000 on DraftKings. Could you see yourself fitting him in this week? So with Gurley um, – it starts around Cup and Cooks, um, and and where they get the final word on on them coming off the uh, the concussions that they had, um, and and the fact that you know you don't have Kamara, you don't have Kareem Hunt, um, so you know running back has, has really kind of thinned out this week a little bit at the top. So from that perspective, I wouldn't say to myself, "Hey, I've got to get Gurley in no matter what." Uh, the matchup is very good against Denver, and if you know they're thin at receiver. I think you, you definitely go ahead and plug him in there because uh, of the volume that he's going to get. Um, now, he's going to get a boost probably even in the passing game, which does make golf look a, a little bit intriguing. But, um, you know, Gurley, look, when, when, when you've got one guy kind of by himself at, at running back or receiver, to me, I don't focus on that. I kind of take that and sit, set that aside and I say, let me evaluate the rest of the landscape, see if I'm going to be able to fit him in. And – you know, before the Devontae Freeman news, we really didn't have a solid mid-tier to low running back option. But now that that's happened and you've got Tevin Coleman kind of 5,400 that you can plug in, I think Gurley's someone that you definitely go in and roster. And, and on both sides, having a flex spot where you can get three running backs, you go in and take him um, as really the, the best play on the board on on, a, on both sides in it, at running back and wide receiver. Do you think the ownership on Gurley will be high or low because of the price? It'll be. It'll still be up there. It'll be up there just because nobody else. Uh, you don't have other options. And if we just kind of go through the natural build, you you plug in a Winston, and then people correlate him with Cameron Brait, who's relatively cheap, and then they run it back maybe with Tevin Coleman. You can see easily how Todd Gurley is is going to get fit into lineups this week. So um, don't expect you know four X per se, but he's not going to kill your lineup. Yeah, Gurley with at least 25 on DK. 
in every game so far this season. A lot more to get to on this slate. We'll go through some more running backs, receivers, and tight ends. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Back here it is Scout Fantasy Sports. Adam Ronis here until 8 p.m. Eastern. Of course, you can check out the show on demand anytime you want and find me at scoutfantasysports.com. Also, if you want to win some money tonight, vegaswhispers.com. The pick is in for tonight's game, and you're going to want to know it because on the Monday night football and Thursday night football games, Vegas Whispers is 9-1-1. So go to vegaswhispers.com. Enter the promo code HOT50. It gives you 50% off the $49 weekly pass. Make your money on the picks for the week, and then come back and join us full-time and watch the money pile up. Bet DSI is celebrating 20 years as the industry's biggest and safest betting site. They have great customer service and fast, easy payment of winnings. You can play virtually every sport at BetDSI with hundreds of wagering options, including live in-game wagering on all major sporting events where you can make your play at any time during the game. BetDSI is now offering up to a $1,000 bonus on your first deposit if you use promo code FNTSY. That's BetDSI.com, promo code FNTSY. So head on over to BetDSI and start winning today. I'm joined by Steve Renner from Scout DFS as we look ahead to the week six slate, looking at some running backs. Ezekiel Elliott is very low for him at $7,000 on DraftKings, but we know why. They're going up against Jacksonville, and you know the Cowboys passing game is no threat at all. Is Zeke someone that's tempting at that price, or are you going to pass going up against Jacksonville? I am going to pass, and I think that the defense for Jacksonville is obviously too good. Um and they're in a spot where it's probably a bounce-back spot after they, in my opinion, underperformed against Kansas City last week. So I'm going to pass on Zeke. I know he's better at home, um, and we know he's going to get the volume. Uh, but at, at 7K, you know, he's, to me, I think he's got to score twice to really exceed some of the other guys around him. I mean, just in the same game, um, you know, T.J. Yeldon, $600 more or less, excuse me, who's also going to get a, a usage boost. Um is, is someone that I think is probably going to be even a little bit more popular than, than Zeke still. Um, and, and I would even argue that David Johnson, you know, for $1,100 less against Minnesota in a game that I do think has a little bit more offense to it, um, is someone that's, that's going to beat out Zeke this week. So, yeah, he's, he's a complete no for me. 
You mentioned David Johnson. Is he in play? The price is 5,900. You know, he has been scoring touchdowns. He's got three in the last two games. Still not seeing enough in the passing game or to what we were accustomed to a couple years ago. Just two receptions last week, three the week before. But he does have at least 19 points in the last two games on DK, and the price is low. It is, and, you know, just we're starting to see maybe that usage go up. Uh, 5,900, we've been saying this probably for three weeks now. It's like, hey, they're, they're, they're baiting us on Johnson. They're baiting us on Johnson. And, um, yeah, he's, he's someone to definitely consider. The thing at, at running back this week, and actually it's, it's true probably at every position this week, there's going to be some pretty strong, I think, chalk at, at some spots, with, you know, based on a couple teams on by and also just because of the teams that are on the uh, Thursday and, and Monday and Sunday night games. So, you know, you've got Gurley uh, priced up top. I think Melvin Gordon's another guy kind of in the, in the just below Gurley at, at the top tier. But then you get into that mid-range, and we look at We talked about, like, Kevin Coleman at 5,400. If you, with Freeman being out and the high total there, I think everyone's going to go to Coleman. Uh, there's a lot of people who, who kind of like Jordan Howard. And so what you want to do is find kind of those, those chalk plays and then look at the guys in the price right around them. And – you don't have to change your entire lineup to be contrarian, but if you find one guy and you say, I'm not as comfortable with, say it's Coleman because maybe you're worried about Edo Smith or you know Jordan Howard going on the road, look in the same price range. And, and David Johnson, to me, is, is kind of that perfect play. So if you're going, you know, maybe the Cousins route with Rudolph and you want to run it back on the other side, uh, I, I think he's in, in a great spot. What about Joe Mixon? I know he's 7,500. You know, last week there were some reports that maybe they didn't give him a full workload. They obviously lied. They gave him 25 touches. And the games that he's been in this year, he's had at least, you know, 22 touches in all three games. Going up against Pittsburgh, that's expected to be a high-scoring game with the defense that the Steelers are playing. Is Joe Mixon in play this week? I I won't have any Joe Mixon. Uh, Too high of a price? Uh. It's the price. that There's someone else in that range that I love that we'll get to in a second. Um, but I just look at Pittsburgh-Cincinnati games. I've seen too many of them where it's a complete bloodbath. And I think it's going to be that way this week again. I think it, I think this game is, is a sure under. You know, the total is, I think, around 52 or so. And, and that's to me, that's way too high. I, I just don't – I know this, the Steelers' defense isn't the same defense it's been in the past. But Mixon just with – yeah, we saw, okay, we can't trust if they said they're not going to use them like last week, so now we think that they're going to use them, and I can just see it going the opposite way. So the game in general, outside of the, the Bengals' defense, is is one that I am completely avoiding this week. Uh, who is the running back in that range that you like? I was, yeah, I was setting it up there, the little tease there. Christian McCaffrey. Oh, okay, yeah. At, at 8,300, um, you know, he's below Gurley. Same prices as Melvin Gordon, but you know CMC was was heavily talked about last week against the Giants, and this Redskins defense, uh, you know, has has not been dominant against the run. And the one area that I think that he can really expose them on is just the the, the lack of discipline and communication in, in the secondary and and at at the linebacker level with with the Redskins. Um, you know, Cam is, is certainly someone who's always a concern to kind of ultra McCaffrey around the goal line, but We've seen in this offense, I, I, it's enough for me to be convinced now that, that they are going to continue to get McCaffrey the ball, both on the ground and through the air. And I think that this is a perfect spot this week where nobody's going to be talking about McCaffrey because they're going to go up to Gurley 
and they're going to go down to Coleman um, and kind of those guys in that five to six year range. And he's just sitting there, you know, really being ruled out, in my opinion, for no no solid reason. It, it's not because he's facing a, a solid defense. It's not because of injury. It's not because of, of game flow even. Um, and certainly if, if the Redskins, they don't really have many passing targets to throw to, but um, I could see this game being a little bit higher scoring. And McCaffrey to me is, is one of my favorite low end plays of the week as of right now. Yeah, when I put in a quick lineup yesterday, I have him in there. I think also maybe one reason why people might shy away from him, Greg Olson's back. He's going to take away targets. I think people yeah, but, th- th- think that. Yeah, but I heard you talk about his foot. I mean, he's not that reliable right now. No, he's and not. He, I mean, I don't see him playing a ton of snaps, number one. Um, and I think this is really a couple years in a row now he, he's had to deal with this, and, and it's just – I can't trust him, uh, and you know I'd be more worried about you know one of the uh, Carolina receivers actually taking away something from him. But if anything, you could argue that Olsen being on the field might just open things up more for McCaffrey. Um, you know, just because the Redskins might have to pay attention to him more. But it, that's yeah, I can't find a good reason why we would all of a sudden pivot away from a guy who, through the first five weeks of the season, you know, except for the bye week, has been pretty consistent. So, he, he, for me, um, even price aside, he, he's my favorite play of the week. Uh, one more running back, Chris Carson, 4,400. We saw him get a big workload last week, 19 carries. I know he doesn't do much in the passing game. He's only 4,400. Would you consider him? I would consider him. Um, I would also consider at the same price Philip Lindsay for Denver in the game against the Rams, who has kind of struggled against the run um, this season so far. But, you know, both guys, you're you're really relying upon. Hey, can, can we get get them in the box? Get a touchdown for the price. They're not bad plays. You know, anytime you look at running back under 5K, you really want um, you know someone who you think is going to push close to maybe 100 yards. And and Carson and Lindsey for me, I think are probably the best two guys down in that that cheap range. Talking to Steve Renner, Scout DFS, let's look at some wide receivers. We talked about Thielen. He's the second highest price on DK, 8,500. Antonio Brown's 87. A.J. Green's 8. Julio Jones, who has yet to find the end zone, 7,900 in that game against Tampa Bay at home. Is this the week Julio Jones finds the end zone? Julio Jones will find the end zone on some weird play. I just feel he's going to score. Let's put it this way: it won't be on a pass from Matt Ryan. That's my. I don't. Know oh, Muhammad Sanu. Remember, Sanu is throwing there you passes go. before. There you go. It's Muhammad Sanu pass to, to Julio Jones. I. It's just it feels like he's going to score, but I. I don't want to say it's Matt Ryan throwing it to him. So I'm going to give you the. If Sanu throws it to him, I'll give you partial credit on on that one there, and that's that's probably the weirdest stack you can have. But look. With Julio, even if he doesn't score, I, I got to think he's going to have a little bit better play uh, game this week than he had last week against Pittsburgh. So he's in play just, if nothing else, on DK. You get the 100-yard bonus, and he's going to get receptions. I think you consider him. But I, I'm, I'm starting with Mike Evans uh, in that game because yeah, I know you know Winston likes to target Cameron Bray, but you, know, you go back a couple years, and, and Winston – many times would just drop back and immediately throw to wherever Evans was on the field. Uh, the Atlanta secondary is, is getting torched every single week. And I, I love Evans this week. I think you 
you're going to see him be one of the more popular plays on this slate as well. So for me, I would pay for, for Evans over Julio. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I think there's some weird way that, that Julio Jones uh, finds a way to score, whether it's a pass from Sanu or they they run a reverse with him for some reason, or maybe they have Tevin Coleman try to throw the ball. Um, we'll see. But, yeah, Julio scores, but not from Matt Ryan. What about Mohamed Sanu? He was 4X last week. He was only 4,000. He's actually had more targets than Calvin Ridley, yet Ridley is a lot higher. Sanu has at least seven targets in three straight games. It's a high-scoring game. He's 4,800 on DK. What about him? Funny how Calvin Ridley, you know, has those two big games, one with three touchdowns, and, and then all of a sudden nobody wants to play Calvin Ridley anymore <laughs> because his price goes up because he was, you know, down around $4,000. But, yeah, it's – it's a little bit of variance there. I, I think they're both um, in play every week. It, it's something where it, it's tough for me to gauge who's going to be more popular just because Sanu does give you still the price savings. So he might actually be the guy where he's a little bit more popular than Ridley. But when you have something like that, to me, I think that they're equal in terms of fantasy and, and the production that you're going to get. So you'd like to go with the guy uh, who's going to be significantly lower owned, but I don't know that we can say that just yet about Ridley um, because there are still going to be some people that play him. But matchup wise um, against Tampa, I want to say Sanu uh, had a good game against them last year. Um, so you're really not hurting this week. It's, you know, one thing you do have to decide with Atlanta though, if, if you go Tevin Coleman, I don't think you want to play Sanu just because of red zone touches and, and opportunities down there, um, you're, you're kind of playing against each other. Whereas someone like, you know, if you go the route of, of, of Ridley, um, he's, he's more that, that big play threat, and he could take one deep uh, down the length of the field. So just a little correlation play there. If you're going to stack this game, I would not go Coleman with Sanu. Could DeAndre Hopkins be a little lower owned this week because Tredavious White is being talked about on him? And we know Hopkins is matchup proof, and Hopkins is 7,700. And, you know, you have Jones in that range. You have Evans in that range. Diggs. Uh, could Hopkins go a little low on? Yeah, so you touched on it with White. And I, my notes on him are uh, with Houston, I would only play Hopkins if you kind of go a, a multiple stack there. So if you wanted to, to go multiple Houston receivers, I don't know that I'd go all three. Um, but if you wanted to, you know, you know, get in like a Kiki or, um, or look at the, the aerial attack for Houston, I would get multiple ones of them just because if, you know, for whatever reason they're able to get Hopkins away from white, that's where he's going to excel. But in the cases when he's on white, I think, you know, if you're Watson, you, you kind of just throw it to the opposite side of the field. So yeah, I do like the, like I mentioned that before, if you're going to take a shot on a, on a game that's under the radar, it is the, the Buffalo Houston one. And we've certainly seen um, Hopkins just really carve up anybody he's going up against. But a lot of people feel that White is probably one of the top five corners in the league. So it, it's definitely a tough matchup. I would look to do it if you do a full stack. Who are some of the cheap receivers that you look, you're look you looking at this week? Well, so, so not cheap, but one of the guys to note, kind of the top end real quick, it just uh, is Robert Woods, uh, just, you know, for, for the Rams with, with Cooks, um, likely in, in Cup, I, I think, are – probably going to end up sitting. Um, so, so Woods is someone to look at. Uh, we touched on in, before Amari Cooper, I think, is someone who has uh, a good matchup this week uh, in the game in London going up against uh, Seattle. He's someone to, to definitely consider. And, you know, if you want to kind of look for 
another game that, that nobody's really talked about, the um, the Dolphins and the Bears, I think, is a game that's being looked at kind of on the ground. Um, but, you know, this is another game where I don't think it's a very good spot for, for Chicago uh, in general. But Taylor Gabriel is, you know, still 4,300. One thing about the Bears offense, they, they spread it around to a bunch of different guys. And, you know, that could, I think, give the, the Dolphins secondary uh, a little bit of problems this week going down there. So he's someone else to look at. And, you know, I mentioned the, the Cardinals are, are going to have to find a way to keep it uh, higher scoring. Christian Kirk has started to come on. Larry Fitzgerald at 4,500, though. Uh, he grew up a Vikings ball boy. You have a little bit of a narrative there going into Minnesota. So one of the Arizona receivers, both of them are cheap. And, you know, Minnesota's defense is very good, but they haven't been dominant. They have, yeah, they haven't so, played well. No, so so don't be shy of using one of those two guys, especially correlates well with, um, you know, with my my Minnesota passing attack. You mentioned Rudolph at tight end. We know Cameron Brait, assuming OJ Howard's out at thirty seven hundred. It's ugly this week at tight end. Any other tight ends that you're looking at? It's Rudolph. It's Brait, and David Njoku um, is is the third one that that I kind of marked down 3,800. Look, every tight end this week is, is cheap, right? I mean, you don't have Gronk, you don't have Kelsey, you don't have Ertz, you don't even have Jimmy Graham. So uh, those are the, the top three for me this week. We haven't seen Jordan Reed get going, which is a little bit surprising because Alex Smith over the years. Is oh, you didn't see him make that tackle? <laughs> I saw him <laughs> make that tackle. Unbelievable, man. Played, I was just sitting there like, are you kidding me? You're passing the whole game, and he had, what, two targets? Ridiculous, man. It was bad. I mean, Saints have been good against tight ends this year. So, but um, you know, maybe this is the week you you finally see Reed um, break through. Uh, but you know, it's I have a hard time taking a shot at, outside of Rudolph and Brady just because they are both so cheap. Um, you know, and, you know, there's there's a few rookies that you can consider, but I, I really don't want to recommend them because they're they're long shots. So. To me, I think you take the safe route. It, it's Brait, it's Rudolph, and Joku would be third. If yeah, Njoku's a nice pivot, I think, off Brait because they're in the same price range. 18 targets the last two weeks for Njoku. He is due to score a touchdown. Yep. All right, that is Steve. You can catch him, Scout DFS. Check out his podcast. He'll help you out. Steve, thanks for the time. Good luck this weekend. Thanks, Adam. I'll see you. All right, again, you can find me, ScoutFantasySports.com. My Deep Sleeper article will be up this weekend. I'll be on the message boards and the forums answering all your questions. And I'll be back tomorrow with Dr. Roto, 7 p.m. Eastern, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.